If the third time is the charm, uh, what, what's the fourth time? Uh, good morning. <laughs> I actually met a young woman at a quick trip type place the other day who said her name was Charm. And I found that so interesting, I asked her about it, and she said, well, my dad was pretty silly, and I was the third daughter. <laughs> and he decided that the third time was the charm. And so she's stuck with the name Charm. Uh, I'm so honored to be here at Hope. I, I was a member of All Souls long enough ago that I remember when this place started, and I've been here several times over the years. Uh, but it had been quite a while. It's, uh, it's beautiful to come up here, and uh, I'm honored to be a part of your Sunday morning service and uh, honored to give the lecture this afternoon that I hope some of you might be interested in uh, as well. <clears throat> that reading, uh, I, I get credit for choosing it. It was by David O. Rankin, and it was written about 20 years ago, and it's always been one of my favorite statements uh, about what Unitarian Universalists believe but the idea of having ten different folks read the ten different statements, that was brilliant, wasn't it? Because it feels participatory, like we hope uh, our, our religion is. Actually, after the reading and after the anthem, I, I don't have anything to say, so... <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Actually, I have too much to say for the time slot they've given me, so I'm going to go real fast, okay? <clears throat> the world is my country. All mankind are my brethren. To do good is my religion. Some of you will be aware that those are not my words, but rather the words of Thomas Paine, I love that quote. I have it framed above my computer where I work at home. Religion is one of the central themes of my life. I'm a Unitarian Universalist. I discovered that faith, specifically the Unitarian part, through my study of history. I remember being impressed at William Ellery Channing's condemnation of slavery from the pulpit, and he's considered the founder of American Unitarianism. You see, I have found that I cannot separate my life into neat compartments anymore. Indeed, I don't even wish to try. Howard Zinn helped teach me that in terms of the classroom and the so-called real world. More broadly, for me, it also includes religion. The Native American peoples had it right. I'm told that none of their 400-plus languages included a word that translated into English as religion. But that does not mean that they were not deeply religious, just that they didn't separate it out from the rest of their lives. In other words, it wasn't something you said you believe or something you did one day a week, but rather a vital part of how you live your life. So, as noted, I discovered my UU faith through my study of history, and that faith informs my understanding of history and of the world. I find it a relevant religion. Allow me to attempt to explain and illustrate that. 
First, I should say one thing further about my discovery of All Souls Unitarian Church specifically. I taught history at the University of Tulsa back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Some of you might remember one of my colleagues, Ed Cadenhead. Uh, all right. He was on leave to run for Congress the fall I showed up, the Democratic Party's biennial sacrifice to Paige Belcher. <laughs> but, but the second semester, as I was getting to know Ed, religion came up in one of our conversations, and I guess I was clearly searching a bit. And I remember Ed saying at one point, well, if you don't have any religion left, you might try coming to my church. Ed was a sarcastic, sometimes cynical kind of guy and a member of All Souls. Also that same year, 1967, I read my first book by Howard Zinn, Vietnam, The Logic of Withdrawal. It was a revelation for me in two major ways. First, it helped me to become active in the anti-Vietnam War movement. I was already having doubts about that war. But second, I noticed it was published by Beacon Press, essentially the publishing arm of the Unitarian Universalist Association. And I remember thinking, what kind of religion would publish a book like that? I visited All Souls. It didn't take me long to join. And I've been a member ever since, even when life took me away from Tulsa for some time. There was a contest of sorts a while back, perhaps some of you remember it, in which the UUA solicited elevator speeches. In other words, brief responses to the question, what's a Unitarian Universalist? I see somebody remembering it. Here's the one I submitted. Okay. Unitarianism was a version of Christianity that rejected the Trinity. Universalism, a version of Christianity that believed all human souls would ultimately be reconciled to God. But these days, UUs are far more, ranging from atheist to Christian. What ties them together? They believe in a free faith, one that has no creedal test, one that emphasizes freedom of belief, reason as the best tool we have to figure out what to believe, and toleration of a broad diversity of beliefs. What All Souls Unitarian Church of Tulsa, Oklahoma does for me is to provide me with a supportive religious community that challenges me to work out and most importantly live out my own beliefs rather than telling me what I have to believe. Oops, the elevator just stopped. <laughs> my elevator speech was not selected. Can you, can you believe that? But I'm comfortable enough with it, especially with its emphasis on living out one's religion. I'm not much interested in arguing about theology, but more interested in what you do to make the world a better place. And I'd argue that's what a guy named Jesus taught some 2,000 years ago as well. The most important minister in my life has been the Reverend John B. Wolfe, who both influenced me theologically and helped me through a hard time in my life with his pastoral counseling. I remember many times hearing John remind us that one of the root words of religion is religio, suggesting to bind together. 
How ironic then and tragic that religion so often divides people to the point that we can actually believe God is on our side as we kill people in his, her, its name. As a longtime member of All Souls, and I'm sure as a professional historian, I was the one asked to edit a new history of the church, which is forthcoming as I write this. In that history, one of the things I did was put together a series on theological diversity at All Souls. In my introduction to that series, I said it should come as no surprise that a church without a creed, which emphasizes freedom, reason, and toleration as basic principles, would incorporate a lot of different theological positions, and All Souls does. Our minister emeritus, again, Reverend Wolf, once entitled a book, The Gift of Doubt. I don't know about you, but in the churches in which I grew up, doubt was not a gift, (laughs) but a sin. Herewith, we present a series, still quoting myself here, expressing some of the many different theologies that exist in our church. I listed several such theological positions, including Christian, theist, agnostic, Buddhist, humanist, earth-centered spirituality, etc., and concluded, what's your theology? For part of the purpose of a series such as this is to help you engage in the ongoing process of working on your own theology, just as All Souls continues to evolve over its 90-plus years. The point is that our faith is a diverse one. It has no official theology. I wrote an essay for the series myself on Unitarian Universalism. And here it is. It might seem strange that Unitarian Universalism should be just one of many different theological positions at our church. After all, it is also Unitarian Church. But as noted in the intro to this series, a non-creedal church in which we are free to use our reason to work out our own beliefs as long as we tolerate others does incorporate lots of diversity. My personal theology is Unitarian Universalism. Originally, it seems clear to me, Christianity was neither Trinitarian nor Unitarian, the church conferences of the 4th century spelled out the Trinity, and by definition, those who did not believe that way were Unitarians. They were also persecuted. But if I am a Christian, I'm a Unitarian Christian. As it says in stone above the door of every Unitarian church I saw while I was over in Hungary and Romania, Ej Oz God is one, or it can be translated as there is only one, God. Those people have a history of persecution for believing that. And it was moving to me to see it carved in stone above the little church doors. Universalists insisted over the years, universalists, that their God is a God of love, that if there's such a place as hell, ultimately no one will be there because God's love is all-inclusive. If I am a Christian, I am a universalist Christian. 
What excites me about a place like All Souls is that there's no creed that I'm told I have to believe in. Instead, I find a supportive religious community in which I'm challenged to work out and live out my own religious beliefs. The live out part is very important. As my wife Carol said in a recent talk to the Evening Alliance when the subject of religion in action came up, what other way is there for religion to be other than in action, right? It is not true, as some of our critics would have it, that we believe nothing. And it is not true that we are free to believe anything. Most of us, for example, would insist that our beliefs meet the test of human reason. And we, you use, do have principles Susan referred to them, seven of them specifically. The inherent worth and dignity of every person, justice, equity, and compassion in human relations, acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations, a free and responsible search for truth and meaning, the right of conscience and the use of the democratic process within our congregations and in society at large. The goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. And respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. Not bad for the heart of a religion, in my view. As I've said, Reverend Wolf used to remind us that religion was supposed to bind us together. Those seven principles seem to me to be a good start. Here in our congregation, referring to all souls, we have certain things that serve that same purpose, like our covenant that we speak together every Sunday. But I'm not going to read it because we just said it together, so apparently it's your covenant uh, as well. And the statement on the back of our Sunday morning service each week, this church is dedicated to religion, but not to creed. Neither upon itself nor upon its members does it impose a test of doctrinal formulas. It regards love of God and humankind and the perfecting of our spiritual nature as the unchanging substance of religion and the essential gospel of Jesus. Consecrating itself to these principles, it aims at cultivating reverence for truth, moral moral character, and insight helpfulness to humanity, and the spirit of communion with the infinite. It welcomes to its worship and fellowship all who are in sympathy with a religion thus simple and free. A good religion, it seems to me, is one which sustains you, fulfills you, makes you a better person. Being a Southern Baptist did that for my mama, for 94 years. I believe, hope, pray, that being a Unitarian Universalist does it for me. And that's the end of that essay. (laughs) I've made much here of religion not being separate from the rest of our lives. Let me illustrate. Our church has a series of monthly themes throughout the year. Essentially, everything that goes on in religious education classes, worship services, etc. relates to the monthly theme. You will find it significant 
perhaps, that some of those themes over the past few years have been democracy, freedom, peace, not necessarily things you would hear a lot about in some churches. I was honored to be called on to write essays on the themes of democracy and justice in Simple Gifts, our monthly newsletter. I want to share with you the one I wrote on justice. Justice, it's a powerful word, isn't it? My dictionary reminds me that it means the quality of being just. Have you ever noticed when you look up a word in a dictionary, you have to look up another word in the dictionary? Just means guided by truth, reason, justice, and fairness. Righteousness, equitableness, moral rightness. But it also means the moral principle determining just conduct, conforming to this principle as manifested in conduct. Justice, a powerful concept indeed, and I would suggest it is close to the heart of both Christianity and our country. First, the latter. When we say those words, with liberty and justice for all, in the Pledge of Allegiance, we know it's not literally true, don't we? That we've never quite reached that goal. But what a wonderful concept to base a country on. And it is a major part of the founding document of our country, the Declaration of Independence, which speaks of such ideals as life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness and equality and self-determination that are so self-evident and inherent that no government has the right to take them away. Our November 2004 monthly theme at All Souls was democracy. Clearly the two, democracy and justice, are not unrelated. My favorite historian, Howard Zinn, best known for his two million plus seller, A People's History of the United States, has helped me to understand this, writing that a fundamental principle of democracy is that it is the citizenry rather than the government that is the ultimate source of power and the locomotive that pulls the train of government in the direction of equality and justice. So democracy is the method that we the people use to move toward justice. I've stated that justice is close to the heart of Christianity also. Look at the story of the Good Samaritan. Jesus tells us in that parable of our obligation to take care of our neighbor. And it is clear that our neighbor is anyone who needs our help. In short, he tells us to do justice. In the Old Testament, the same idea shows up repeatedly. My favorite, Amos, saying, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. liked to quote that and said it much more dramatically than I was able to do. Will and Ariel Durant, in their massive story of civilization, summarize the great philosopher Spinoza's critique of the Bible, then quoted him as saying it is a sufficient creed to believe in, quote, a God who loves justice and charity and whose proper worship consists in the practice of justice and love toward one's neighbor. Conclude the Durants, no other doctrine is necessary. 
I recently read the book by Jim Wallace called God's Politics. It presents a powerful peace and justice-based vision of Christianity. Since when, Wallace asked, did Jesus become pro-war and pro-rich? Instead, Jesus showed a consistent commitment to helping the poor and promoting peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, remember? Don't let the religious right define Christianity. I I can't resist here inserting from a, a late conversation with my mother when her body had failed her. Uh, but her mind was still sharp and her convictions were still deep. And pardon me, but I'll probably get emotional telling this. We were talking about how these people, the so-called religious right, are, are. she said, some of these people are making Jesus sound pro-war and pro-rich. And she looked at me and she said with a voice that was weak, but a passion that was strong, well, That's certainly not the Jesus I know. She wasn't willing to let those folks define her faith for her. In short, feel good. Your religion and your country are both committed to justice in principle. But don't forget that part of the definition about manifested in conduct. It's our job to bring about justice. And that's the end of that essay. There are those, perhaps even among you this morning, who might find things like democracy and justice strange themes for focal points in the life of a church. Two points. Jesus himself was perhaps more concerned with justice than anything else. And remember that what I'm searching for here is a relevant religion. But also other more traditional themes were a part of the church here, including vision, creation, God, evil, authority, Redemption, mercy, etc. Finally, on this business of themes that hopefully show the relevance of religion, the theme for December of 2006 was peace. I was not involved in any official way this time, but I did share some thoughts with my minister, the Reverend Martin Lavinar, in an email message. I began by noting that I was writing to him on a Sunday morning at a time when I, quote, ought to be in church. But that Carol and I were at our getaway cottage up on Lake Spavanaugh, which we found more peaceful than Tulsa. (laughs) The very next year, we sold the Tulsa house and moved to Spavanaugh full time. I told Marlon that peace was an issue I care about deeply. I noted that it was especially appropriate that peace be our theme for December when we celebrate the birthday of Jesus, known among other things as the Prince of Peace. Further thoughts. Peace. Do we mean the absence of war between countries or do we mean inner peace? Maybe the latter is necessary to help lead to the former. But we can't wait for everybody to achieve inner peace, can we? We need peace activism as well. I spoke to the Tulsa Peace Fellowship a few months back. A young man showed up who was into meditation, inner peace. He had seen the word peace in the title of the program, apparently, and just dropped in. He wanted, I believe, to argue that all we needed to do was each of us work on our own inner peace. Hopefully, we convinced him that that is not enough. I noted the close relationship between peace and justice, the theme I had most recently worked on, noted that I wish sometimes I could be 
a pacifist, but have never quite been able to get there, rejecting all war. Maybe in part because as a historian, I see certain wars as necessary. Maybe the Civil War had to be fought to end the evil of human slavery. Maybe World War II had to be fought to stop the evil of Nazism. And finally, I told Marlon that I'd recently seen a woman in Nevada wearing a button that said, ask me about the Department of Peace. I did so, I told him, and she reminded me that there is indeed a group devoted to having a cabinet-level position devoted to peace. Makes sense (laughs) to me. I've mentioned Reverend Lavinar a number of times. As I move toward the conclusion here, he is, in my opinion, doing an excellent job of carrying on an important tradition at All Souls. In 2007, when I put together my second collection of what I like to call alternative views of Oklahoma history, uh, I asked Marlin to contribute an essay, essentially dealing with All Souls and the role it has played in Tulsa over the years. He began by noting that Tulsa has sometimes been considered the buckle of the Bible belt, but insisted that at the beginning of the 21st century, religion in Tulsa is much more multifaceted and progressive than that title implies. He proceeded to make the case convincingly that Tulsa has been in some ways a religiously progressive city for decades. As evidence, he pointed out that Tulsa's Council of Churches was the first in the nation to admit Catholics in 1965, then Unitarians and Jews in 1971, and after changing its name to Tulsa Metropolitan Ministries, became the first in the nation to admit Muslims in 1983. Additionally, he emphasized the way Tulsa's religious communities had come together to accomplish good in the city, including the Day Center for the Homeless, Retired Seniors Volunteer Program, Meals on Wheels, Noting that All Souls has become the largest UU church in the world, he insisted, I believe accurately, that there is in fact a significant connection between the presence of All Souls in Tulsa and the development of a liberal religious spirit of tolerance and cooperation in the city. All Souls, he wrote, became a force in the city when it came to responding to social ills. One of the well-known expressions at All Souls, he said, is deeds, not creeds. Thus, the church has long taught that it is not what you say you believe, but rather how you act in the world that makes for a moral and religious life. The church and its members have played active roles in the movements for women's rights, civil liberties and civil rights, and women's right to choose regarding reproductive services. As just one concrete example, Reverend Wolf was involved in the civil rights movement in the early on, uh, early on in the 1960s, and Reverend Lavinar now serves on the board of Tulsa's John Hope Franklin Center for Reconciliation. A brief quote from Marlin. All Souls is part of what is known as the free church tradition, which sees God's work in the world in the unfolding of freedom. Such freedom is recounted in the Jews' exodus from Egypt, the American Revolution, the abolition of slavery in America, and the ending of apartheid in South Africa. God is seen working in the world in the light of scientific pursuits and discoveries and the freedom of people to have self-determination regarding their national and religious leaders. 
In such a tradition, freedom of thought and unhindered exploration of religious ideas are tr- uh, and truths are the norm. Such a culture allows for powerful and potent discussions to take place and for new ideas to take root. Ministers are given the freedom to preach without the restraints of established doctrine and dogma. Lay persons are not expected to agree with everything the minister says, including today. They are encouraged to think for themselves and to let their conscience be their guide. For me, that's a pretty good description of a relevant religion. In conclusion, I have no intention here of trying to convert you to my point of view on religion. I hope it's obvious that I have a deep respect for many different religious traditions, and even for those individuals who choose not to practice any organized religion at all. I ain't afraid of your religion. Just don't try to force it on me. If you believe, as I stated earlier, that a good religion is one which sustains you, fulfills you, and makes you a better person, surely you can see that the very existence of so many different religions and so many different approaches to the same religion indicates that it takes a variety of approaches to do that for people. I still believe being a Unitarian Universalist does it for me. I hope it might do it for you as well. Amen.